how do y'all like the intro music? I'm kind of fiddling around with a couple things, trying to figure out, you know, what's going to make this podcast best for y'all great supporters. And let's kind of go over the basis for today. We're going to start off the show talking about a couple new players who have just declared for the draft and some pretty high names that have declared also. And then we'll talk about some couple transfers and then we'll go on to the NFL playoff wild card weekend, which has got some great games. I know we discussed it in a past episode, but I figured we'd kind of go more in depth this time and kind of discuss more of the key factors in each game, and then we'll finish off just kind of discussing some random sport news as a whole, whether it's hockey, baseball, basketball, whatever it might be. We'll discuss it, and let's get on to it. Now, as most pretty hardcore college football fans, and even if you're not hardcore, you just kind of follow. You know who Jamison Williams is. He's a kid that transferred from Ohio State. And while he was at Ohio State, he kind of got pushed down the depth chart. I mean, considering they had Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jackson Smith, and Jigba this past season. I mean, he really wasn't going to get any playing time. So he figured, hey, I'll transfer to Alabama, team up with Nick Saban and all those great receivers, right? You have John Mechie and just that stacked, you know, receiver room, right? So he could be that solidified number one receiver for a college football team, especially high as Alabama. But he just declared for the NFL draft the 2022 NFL draft and I think it's a good decision for him I know if if anyone watched the national championship this past Monday you saw that gruesome gruesome ACL tear he had and I wish him nothing but the best but it's kind of worrying for me because I don't know how much it's going to just decline his draft stock and it's going to make him go from that top 10 pick he was almost guaranteed to be midway through the college football season dropping him all the way down now maybe to a late first round early second round pick because the talent's there we all saw it this year we all saw what he had in store and NFL teams are going to take notice a couple teams to watch out for New England New England they need a receiver now they have not been great at drafting receivers right and kill Harry horrible right it just their track list is not great for New England when they draft receivers but couple teams that are going to need them. Miami's going to need a receiver. Um, let's see here. Can't really think of I mean, there's a couple teams that need it, but I think his best fit would be in Miami, teaming up with Jalen Waddle, who's also a former Alabama Crimson Tide player. So I think it'll be great in that system as a whole. I mean, now another thing with Miami. I know we're on college football, but I kind of want to discuss this too. But why did Miami fire Brian Flores? From he, In case you don't know, he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins these past three seasons. He originally was coaching up in New England with Bill Belichick, and historically, coaching assistants from Bill Belichick have been horrible, like Matt Patricia, that, who was the head coach for the Lions about three years ago, is kind of that timeline. And Josh McDaniels, who's back, with, who's back in New England, but he used to coach the Denver Broncos, who never really did anything great with the, with Denver either so but Brian Flores he did a pretty good job players loved him players fought for him he's kind of like a Dan Campbell-esque type coach if you know what I'm talking about so and apparently according to Adam Schefter Houston Texans have him as their number one target to be their next head coach after firing Dan Coley back on Thursday so this will be really interesting to see I think he'd fit in perfect Will it keep Deshaun Watson in Houston? Absolutely not, because I think Deshaun Watson's already said, you know what, I need to be somewhere else. Houston's not the fit for me. And, I mean, Houston hasn't given him a reason to come back. And, yes, I know he still has that scandal going on, and we're still kind of finding out new little pieces every, like, couple months because it feels like the story's been going on for, I mean, who knows how long. But 
yeah, so hopefully Houston goes in the right direction. They've got Davis Mills, their third-round pick from Stanford, and he's looked pretty good. I'd say he's probably top three in rookie quarterbacks this season. I know the record for Houston doesn't show it, but he's been pretty good. All right, now back on to some college football news. The best number one center in the NFL draft class, Tyler Linderbaum, he's just declared for the NFL draft, and I think this will be a great pick for teams that need a center. Personally, my Cowboys, I'm hoping we can pick him up late in that first round. I mean, when you watch him at Iowa, he just shows Travis Fedrick type type skill, type athleticism. And he's, and overall, he's a great person. I don't know if anyone saw this, but like, it was a couple months back, he donated $50,000 of his own NIL money to a, to a local charity in Iowa. I think that was fantastic. He's a great human being, and I can't wait to see what he does in the NFL. So now on to some more college football news. Virginia's starting quarterback, Brennan Armstrong, will be returning back to the Cavaliers, according to Brennan Armstrong, his Instagram. And this is great for Virginia. This is absolutely fantastic. This kid had thrown 400-plus yards a couple times this season, and He's great, and also not to mention he's a lefty, so it's great to see some lefty quarterbacks succeeding out here. So fantastic pickup, fantastic get back, really, for the Virginia Cavaliers. And I think this year they'll really shock some teams. I think they'll be back in the top 25, back like how they were in 2019 when they had Bryce Perkins at, at quarterback. So ultimately, this is, good, this is good for Virginia. Now on to another transfer player who I really had really high-touted is Noah Kane, the former Penn State running back. And if you look on the official Instagram of the Cover 4 with Mason Pierce Instagram, I talked about how don't be surprised with LSU and Brian Kelly being the favorite here to pick him up and bring him into that new offense. And guess what? On Thursday night, it was official. Noah Kane had committed to the LSU Tigers and will be heading to Baton Rouge to probably be their running back one. I think this is great for Brian Kelly. That running back room was getting very thin, considering how great historically LSU has been at running back. When you look at guys like Leonard Fournette, Darius Geis, even Jeremy Hill, I mean, they've always been very talented at running back. So this gives them that spark they will need inside of that running back room, and it gives them a veteran presence. So, once again, great pickup for Brian Kelly and the LSU Tigers. Now, I don't know about y'all, but I love the Reese's Senior Bowl. Is 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 honestly is a great way to kind of see these seniors get one last chance and kind of prove to NFL scouts that hey you should take me in this year's draft you should give me an opportunity to be able to play. So the quarterbacks for the American side of the Reese's Bowl they just got announced. It is Malik Willis starting, Sam Howell, and then Bailey Zappi. Bailey Zappi, if you do not know this year, he broke Joe Burrow's passing touchdown record this season with I think 62 touchdowns in a season. That is insane. So, Bailey Zappi will be a great player to watch out for later in this year's draft. He'll probably be a day three pick, but will be an amazing backup in the NFL for sure. Now, for the national side of the Reese's Senior Bowl, which will be coached by the New York Jets, Kenny Pickett is starting, who was the, the who was a Heisman contender this year, played great for the Pittsburgh Panthers, and I, I can't wait to see what this kid does in the draft. And then right behind them, they have Desmond Ritter, the Cincinnati veteran quarterback, who ultimately will, he will be a first-round pick. Kind of think Minnesota or a team like that may pick him up, kind of like one of those surprising picks that you're like, whoa, why did they pick him? But then we later figure out, you know, for reasons we don't know, they picked him for that reason. 
So, and then Carson Strong, the quarterback from the University of Nevada, he'll be that third-string quarterback, which I think, personally, these are some great great uh, quarterback rooms for this Reese's Senior Bowl. So I can't wait to watch it. It'll be on February 5th, 2022, and I hope you all check it out as well. It'll be on NFL Network, and I think it'll be a great game, a great showcase, and we'll find some kind of hidden picks this year like we did last year. So on to our next NFL draft declaree and probably one of the most impactful ones at least in my opinion is Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal who is undoubtedly offensive line one in his respective draft class and I think this kid easily will be a top five pick personally I see him going to Jacksonville because Jacksonville that O-line is just horrendous and they need someone to kind of spice up change that atmosphere change that offensive line and I think he'll do it my NFL comparison for Evan Neal, personally, I think he's like a Trent Williams for the San Francisco 49ers. He kind of has that same meanness, that same aggression. And if you watch the national championship game and even the SEC championship game, you saw how how strong and just how aggressive he is. So whoever gets him, they're getting a future stud in him, a future all-pro, future Pro Bowl type player. So I can't wait to see what has what's in store for Evan Neal in the NFL. So... Once again, congratulations. And now on to our next NFL declaratory. We have arguably, in my opinion, I know some people have got this other guy as number one, which is complete baloney. But Sauce Gardner from the University of Cincinnati. He is declared for the 2022 NFL draft. I mean, this kid, just to put in perspective on his greatness and how good of a corner he is, he has not allowed a touchdown in three years of college football. And just to let, and if you don't really follow college football that heavy, Cincinnati is a Division One FBS school. So they've played teams like UCF. They played Notre Dame this, this season. So this kid's not just some random. And this was another kid I'm hoping Dallas could pick up if Evan Linderbaum's not available at our spot. So, I mean, this is a, I mean, this is a wow-type pick. And also another underrated player, and I hope y'all remember his name, Trent McDuffie, the cornerback from the University of Washington. He's kind of got the same play styles, Sauce Gardner over at Cincinnati, and this kid is, he's projected to be a third-round pick. So, I mean, this kid will be an easy still. He'll be a great slot corner for an NFL team, I don't, without a doubt. Sauce Gardner will easily be a cornerback, too, for at least a year or two for a struggling team, and... I wouldn't be surprised to see Sauce maybe get taken in the top 10. I mean, I know he's not projected, but some of these teams are needing corners horribly. Like Arizona, I know they need a corner because their 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 whole group is just going to get older and it's not really there's no there's no star-studded player on that team. So Arizona's another team to watch out for Sauce Gardner, Trent McDuffie. He's going to be a late-round pick. I don't really know who's going to take him necessarily. He'll get drafted easily third, fourth-round pick, but watch out for him as well and to kind of finish up the college football segment of of today's podcast I kind of want to discuss who who do y'all think is going to be the number one overall pick in the draft I mean I don't there's no solidified I mean I can't really think I mean Kayvon Thibodeau from the University of Oregon he's you know his name's out there you got Aiden Hutchinson from the University of Michigan he's out there but I mean Evan Neal like I talked about earlier he could shock us all and could easily go number one to Jacksonville. I could 100% see it, especially with Jacksonville getting a new head coach. And I pray for Jacksonville. It is not Bill O'Brien, and they do not make him GM as well. Now, if they're making him just a head coach, good move. But <laughs> don't make him GM, or he might pick a kicker with that number one overall pick. But 
No, I mean, I, I, kind of, I really don't know. Same way with quarterback one in this year's class. I mean, there's no solidified quarterback one. I know a lot of people, they had Kenny Pickett as the number one. They've had Desmond Ritter as the number one. Sam Howell was the preseason number one. So I kind of want to see who gets picked first. In my opinion, I think Kenny Pickett will probably get picked first. I'm going to project him going to probably Carolina. Carolina's kind of kind of confused right now at quarterback. I mean, they thought Sam Darnold was going to blow up and be a great quarterback because, you know, they saw the potential he had. That flopped. Cam Newton coming back out of when he after he got cut from the Panthers. Everyone thought he was going to do great after that first game he had against the Cardinals earlier on in the season. But we all saw how amazing he played against Miami and continued to play the rest of the season. So, I think Carolina, they just need a new start. They need a fresh quarterback out of the draft, and I think Kenny Pickett would kind of fit great in that system. Now, with Matt Rule, I mean, don't be shocked if next season, probably around mid midpoint, he get, he ends up getting fired. I, I don't think he's a bad head coach. He's a, I know he's a great person. I don't think he's a bad head coach, but I think in the NFL he doesn't fit as much compared to when he was the coach at Baylor because we saw how great he was at Baylor and how passionate he was, but – Sometimes coaching in college doesn't transition to the NFL. And we've seen that with Nick Saban. When Nick Saban, he coached at when he was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, and that never really did anything. So he went back down to the college level, and he went and became the head coach at Alabama. And, I mean, look at him now. Seven national championships. I can't even tell you how many SEC championships. I mean, so, once again, just because you can't coach at the NFL level does not make you a bad head coach. I want people to get rid of that stereotype, okay? It does not make you a bad head coach. You're just – everyone's better at something. And for Matt Rule, I think he's just better off in college. So we'll see how this season goes for the Panthers. Maybe they come back. Maybe they do well. And, yeah, so I, ho I hope for the Panthers' sake they do great. But I don't know how well they'll do with Matt Rule. So now on to the NFL portion. Let's kind of discuss some of the playoff games we got going on this weekend. So our first matchup of wild card weekend on Saturday afternoon, we've got the Raiders playing at the Bengals. When I look at the injury report, it looks like pretty much everyone's got, they're going to be full strength. They're, they're ready to go. Now in this game, it's going to really depend on how well Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase play for the offense of the Bengals. Because the Bengals have got a decent, decent defense. I'd say it's probably average. The safety play is absolutely amazing for him with Jesse Bates back there. But really, offense is what's going to have to drive in this game because we saw last week with the with, against Vegas, Vegas and the Chargers, we saw how bad, how bad that secondary was for the Raiders, allowing Justin Herbert and Mike Williams to make like 14 first downs in a drive. So, I mean, we'll see how well it goes this week. I personally, I think the Bengals will win simply because that offense going against that horrible secondary of the Raiders. So I would bet your money on the Bengals. Now, if Las Vegas comes in and shocks, great for them. I love their interim head coach, Rich, Rich Bisaccia. He's a great interim head coach. I don't think he'll end up being a head coach in the NFL, but he will, he will continue to have a great role in that franchise over in Vegas. So now on to the next game. On Saturday, we've got the New England Patriots playing at Buffalo. Now, this game is really going to matter about how great New England's run game is, considering it will be the highest at Orchard Park on Saturday night. It will be zero degrees, so the, the, the hand's going to be cold. Expect both quarterbacks to wear two gloves and you know, go Teddy two gloves type. But expect it to be a lot of running, kind of like the first matchup it was when they played in Buffalo earlier on this season. So... I think I think the Patriots will come come out on top of this because, you know, Bill Belichick coach team in the playoffs. I mean, they don't 
disappoint. They don't. And when you look at the injury list for both of these games, Buffalo Bills, they're going to be full strength. They'll have wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders back. They'll have defensive end F.A. Obata. He'll be back as well. And New England, they've got a lot of questionables, especially on the defensive side with Dante Hightower, Brandon King, Adrian Phillips. I mean, and Jamie Collins, especially the midseason acquisition from the Lions. So, it really, I mean, honestly, it could be a toss-up. It really could go either way, in my opinion. And, I mean, considering that Damian Harris is also on this questionable list for the Patriots, it's kind of concerning because Brandon Bolden will not carry you to win this playoff game, especially with that Buffalo atmosphere and those fans. They're going to need a lot more, a lot more out of that running game. So, kind of expect it to be a toss-up. Special teams will be really key in this game as well, considering the weather, too. So, I think the team that wins a turnover battle in this game will ultimately win the game. So now on to our next game on Sunday, the first game of Sunday. We have the Philadelphia Eagles playing down in Tampa Bay against that Tom Brady-led Buccaneer team. And I think we all kind of expect this game to be a little bit of a blowout. But for the Eagles, the Eagles are kind of looking good right now. They're they're getting a lot of players back. They're getting Fletcher Cox back. They're getting Landon Dickerson back. They're getting Andre Dillard back. They're kind of rebuilding that O-line. The only kind of worry on the O-line more than anything is Lane Johnson, the right tackle for him. That's kind of really the main one, I guess. But for them, for the Eagles, they're pretty much back full strength. But unfortunately for the Eagles, Buccaneers are also as well because they're getting back. Let me look real quick. They're getting back Shaquille Barrett, Jason Pierre-Paul, Ryan Jensen, Jamil Dean, Sean Murphy Bunning, Rashard Robinson, Rashad Perryman, and Justin Watson all are trending towards being able to play on Sunday, according to all books. So, yeah, I'm going to take Tampa Bay by at least 55 in this game. But hopefully Philly can at least, you know, cut it down to 35. But, <laughs> no, I think it'll be a good game, good way to start off wild card Sunday at least. And I really want to see how great Tom, Tom Brady plays. I want to see, you know, if he's still got that same MVP-type caliber play he's had all season which is what a lot of people are expecting him to is to win that MVP and we'll talk a little bit more about the MVP race a little bit on the show now let's get on to the the middle of the day game which we've got the San Francisco 49ers coming down to Dallas to play the Dallas Cowboys in a crucial playoff game for both teams with high expectations really for my Dallas Cowboys who kind of have it's more of a prove it type year prove you're worth that hype prove all this preseason talk wasn't for nothing. And luckily for us, we're getting back one of our great slot corners in Nashon Wright. He rejoined the team after the birth of his daughter. So congratulations, Nashon. It's always great to hear. And we also are getting back our starting safety in J. Ron Curse, who's returning back from the COVID-19 list, which is also great to hear because we need to have our secondary as best as it can when considering we're playing against a very stout Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. So this is great news to hear. And also for the 49ers side, a lot of a lot of their players are back too. Dre Greenlaw, starting linebacker, he's he's practicing again. Garoppolo, now this is something we need to watch for as the Cowboys and that's defensive line. Garoppolo, he's still dealing with that lingering thumb issue. I say we can hit that hand. I don't want to say injure him. I don't want, you don't ever want to see a player get injured. But I'm saying if there's any way it possible we're able to not re-aggravate it but kind of get it to the point where it's irritating him so much that he can't play no more, and then they throw in the rookie Trey Lance who has no real experience in the NFL besides starting one game against the Texans a couple weeks ago. So 
hopefully we're able to continue to have that great defensive line pass rush, especially against a guy like Garoppolo who is known to throw some ridiculous reads. Now, they're getting Wisnowski back, who's one of their offensive linemen. He's coming back from a concussion. And it's also looking like Trent Williams, who's that star left tackle for the 49ers. It looks like he's going to be able to play this Sunday because this is his first time practicing in more than a week. So it looks like they're also going to be back at full strength. But I think – and I don't understand this either. I was watching a little bit of Good Morning Football. I love the show, by the way. I absolutely love it. But – Three of the three out of four people they chose the 49ers in this game. I mean, are we not gonna act like Dak didn't just have one of the greatest quarterback seasons in Cowboys history? We're gonna have full receiver strength. Our offensive line is going to be fully back. We're gonna have Zeke healthy. We're gonna have Tony Pollard healthy. Our corners are all gonna be back. Our whole defensive line is gonna be back. And remember, when that full team is playing, it's almost unstoppable. So. Don't you know? Like, like a lot of people say, not all the experts are always right. Which I'm hoping in this case it's not. But let's not forget, San Francisco does have an injured quarterback. They have a f seventh round pick running back as their starter. They're even making Debo Samuel do a lot of, a lot of jet sweeps and a lot of really just kind of short routes. So if we can take advantage of that, not play a lot of soft coverage, play a lot of man. We really could end up winning this game against the 49ers. So now let's get on to the final game of Wild Card Sunday, which is the Kansas City Chiefs playing against the Pittsburgh Steelers. This game will be at Arrowhead. This game will nine times out of ten be a blowout. But Pittsburgh will be getting back Juju Smith-Schuster, according to Juju Smith's Twitter. He, he did the little eye emojis, which... Normally when players do that, that means they're coming back, which is great news for him. Kind of allow him to get that last push to get a huge contract next offseason. I think the Steelers in this game will probably end up giving up because really they should not have been here because the fact that they needed the Colts to lose to the Jaguars, they had to beat the Ravens, and then the Raiders and the, yeah, it was the Raiders and Chargers could not tie. Now the Raiders and Chargers almost tied, but you know, in typical Charger fashion, they gave that up. So then they get kicked out of the playoffs and let the Raiders go in. And then, for, I don't know how, I don't know how the Colts lost to the Jaguars. I mean, if it was a closed game, okay, cool. You know, it's the NFL, stuff like that happens. But to lose by the amount they did to that depleted team was insane to me. And the talent they had and the fact that Jonathan Taylor didn't even really go off this game against that horrible defensive line for the Jaguars, it made no sense. And Carson Wentz, he played horrible. I think I was watching some video on YouTube, and the guy was talking about how he had a 33 passer rating, which the average is like, I think, 50-ish kind of, like 50, 60. And like 100 is like an insane, like elite-level Aaron Rodgers-type quarterback play. But the fact he had 33 rating. It, I mean, Carson Wentz, I don't know how much longer the NFL – will even have him in the league like the Colts don't even know what they're going to do with them next year and considering they played him so much that the second round pick that they gave to the Eagles ended up becoming a first round because it was a conditional second round pick I mean personally I think the Eagles won that trade by a mile because now the Eagles have three first round picks in this year's draft and they're the ones making the playoffs and the Colts literally missed the playoffs by losing to the Jaguars but back to the Steelers and Kansas City Chiefs game um, I think Patrick Mahomes will probably throw for about 350-plus yards. I mean, not much really to say. It'll be a lot of in-the-middle field passes, the Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, long balls. 
Uh, defense will probably play great. Tyron Matthew probably get a pick. I would definitely imagine that against Big Ben. Big Ben kind of just sounds like he's ready for retirement. Uh, it, it's sad to hear he's had a great career, but I think he's kind of accepted the fact that this will probably be his last ever game. And I think really, I think really that the Steelers could they could come out and win this game. I mean, if they truly truly believe they can win this game, they can win this game. Because like I said. It's the Steelers. I mean, it's not like there's some Jaguar team where they have no hope. They have hope. They just won't execute it. I mean, when you're coached by a great coach like Mike Tomlin, you you always have a chance on any given Sunday. So I think my prediction is I'll probably have Kansas City win by at least 14, and I think Kansas City will probably come out of there with a couple turnovers as well against the Steelers. So I think it'll be a good game. I don't know, I don't know why it's the nighttime game. I think they should have switched the Cowboys and 49ers game with the Kansas City and uh, – Steelers game and made the Dallas and 49er game primetime game because that would bring a lot more attention to that game considering it's at 3.30 when that's probably the best game of that day. But it's okay. Now onto the final game of wild card weekend which is Monday night football. The Arizona Cardinals travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams and this game is, I mean when we talk about a toss up, this is a toss up. Like I don't understand really who could win this game. Because there's both aspects. Like if the Rams get MVP-worthy Matt Stafford to play great quarterback play, like he was expected to play when the Ram- the Rams traded all those first-round picks and those picks in general to get him from Detroit. But if OBJ, Cooper Cup, and just that whole offense of the Rams plays great, I'll have the Rams winning this game easily. Now when we look at now when we look at the injury report. It looks like Arizona will be will be getting back their starting running back in Chase Edmonds. James Conner is kind of still iffy. Um, let's see here. Zach Zach Ertz, Rodney Hudson, and Kelvin Beecham, they all were given rest day rest days on Thursday, so that's good to hear that they're kind of going to be at full full strength. And Los Angeles is kind of in the same way. They're resting Aaron Donald, Leonard Floyd, Buddy Howe, Taylor Rapp. They're one of their starting safeties. He's still dealing with that concussion issue, so that would be something to watch out for. If Van Jefferson, it looks like he's back to full play, so that's great to hear for that receiving core with, with OBJ and Cooper Cup. Uh, Matthew Stafford, that toe injury he's been dealing with, he's full participant. He will be playing on Monday. Darius Williams as well, the, the, one of their starting cornerbacks. That shoulder injury he's been lingering with and dealing with for a while now, he's a full participant. So this is great to hear for the Rams. Their defense will kind of be back to full strength. Same way with the Cardinals. So I think personally in this game, give me the Rams. Give me the Rams. I think they're probably ticked off about that loss they had against the 49ers on Sunday. I mean, they should be because that was a horrible play. I think Matthew Stafford is going to be able to prove himself in this game, prove why he was worth all that, why he you know, he should, should have been given a second chance in Los Angeles. So I think this will be a great way to finish off Wild Card Weekend, and I'm super excited to watch all these games. Let me know down in the comments what games y'all are going to be watching, where y'all are going to be watching, if y'all are going to any of these games. Personally, I was thinking about going to the Cowboys 49ers game, but I mean, I can't imagine how bad the fans are going to be during that game. So I'm kind of like, well, it might be for the best. I sit at home and watch the game instead of being there. And, you know, it ends up being a bunch of fist fights, a bunch of just, you know, vulgar language, just a bunch of bad stuff probably will happen. But I think it will be a great atmosphere, though, down in Arlington in that game. And I think all these games are going to be great. I love this. I love this wild card weekend. I mean, this is exciting. We're getting playoff football. Now, Unfortunately, college football season is over. We have to wait until about early September 
But one of the games I'm really excited for, I don't know about y'all, is Northwestern and Notre Dame playing over in Dublin, Ireland. I think those games are cool. I remember when Notre Dame played Navy back in, I think it was 2012, and they played over in Ireland. That game was fantastic to watch because that was kind of the first game for me. I kind of fell in love with football watching that game. And my great-grandfather as well, he played for Newt Rockney at Notre Dame. He was an offensive lineman. So it's kind of, I kind of always had that love for the Irish a little bit. But unfortunately, that will probably be the first game of the season, I think, for college football. And that's not until, I think, like August 30th. So we've got a little bit college football fans. I know it's going to be rough. But let's kind of find some other ways to enjoy it. Let's enjoy the spring games that are coming up here in April. I know I'll be going to the TCU one on April 22nd. Um, yeah, and also in the comments down below, let me know y'all's favorite college football team. Let me know what teams y'all or y'all just like to watch. I mean, same way with the NFL. So, all right, guys, let's finish off this podcast with our last little segment where I just kind of ask, what are y'all up to today? What are y'all doing? Y'all getting prepared for Wild Card Weekend? Y'all finally getting off work, being able to relax, spend some time with the family? Y'all cooking, grilling? What are, y- what are y'all up to? Let me know. I would love I would love to get any DMs. I will respond back to every single one because I love the fact that I'm able to have conversations with y'all. I love the fact that I'm able to have great supporters like y'all. So I hope y'all really did enjoy this third ever podcast of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And once again, I hope you all have a fantastic day, and thank you again for listening.